Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Ozviz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Great to have your company for the next hour or so on the call. 10 stocks. Submitted by you, I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's get straight into it. Bring in the panel, Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, how are you, sir? At your service. Oh, as always. David Lane from Audmitted in Brisbane. Are you at our service as well? I am, very much so, David. <laughs> Good to see you both. Um, look, we're, uh, we've got a lot to get through today and um, some um, great stocks suggested by you. Um, this half hour, we're going to cover CSL with a great question from a viewer. Uh, Vanguard, uh, the Australian Shares High Yield ETF. Uh, Ordnate gets a look in. Bendigo and Adelaide Bank and Piedmont Lithium. Stock of the day, uh, Zip. Zip back in the news saying it will further streamline its operations and cost base after a company review. However, has not confirmed media reports suggesting the buy now, pay later has cut up to 20% of its uh, workforce, which is currently at 1,500 staff. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Um, Rudy, what do you think of the update? Zip, sort of in the heady days of buy now, pay later with Afterpay and Zip were leading the boom. Uh, seems a long time ago now, does that? I'm old enough to remember they surged to $16, I believe. Yes, right? exactly. Probably confident to say that they won't be there back there anytime soon. No. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the update today, it, it doesn't really give us anything new. Um, I mean, they they are on this position for quite a while. Um, the, the, the overall context for this sector has, has massively changed. I mean, they at first had their honeymoon period when people basically just I mean, bought everything that, that just smelled like a BNPL uh, company. Yep. And um, and subsequently that, that uh, has more matured. Uh, we get uh, the authorities in there, governments are paying attention, reserve banks are paying attention. And most importantly, uh, the overall environment economically and for consumer spending is, uh, is toughening. Yep. Which means that that's not really the right time where you want to be in trouble and having to streamline your operations, because for memory they've been streamlining the operation now for two years. Yep. Still streamlining. Yeah. That's how difficult it is, right? Yeah. For me, it's uh, too much risk. Right. I mean, I've, I've right. completely. If ever I had interest, I've lost interest now. Right. I wouldn't go there. If, if you are there mm-hmm. and have ridden it down oh, that's and a you're looking. One. Yeah, that's a difficult one. You should beat yourself up a little bit because selling is as important as buying. Yeah. Um, I mean, Peter Lynch always says you should know what you own and you should know why you own it. Yeah. Um, you don't really get rewarded for sticking around here because they don't pay dividends. Yeah. No profits, still a lot of insecurity, uncertainty. 
Uh, although there's an argument to be said that if you if you if you have suffered the losses you had, and I can only assume they've been massive, yeah. uh, then maybe you can take a punt on that. Because there's one characteristic of the share market that is that if, if share prices fall deeply enough, they will at some point have a bounce. Right? Yeah. Maybe that bounce, whether it's market sentiment or the next bull market phase or whatever, maybe that's a good point then to, to sell at lower losses. Right. But I would be, I, I, would, I would be, I find it very challenging to see how this sector in general, and particularly the ones that are not profitable yet and have to continuously retreat and restructure, how they can create long-term sustainable value from in, in the context as it is. Yeah. Maybe we just have to wait longer until there's less of them around yeah. and, and some of them are starting to become profitable and actually have a, a thriving business. Yeah. But uh, none of them at the moment, I mean, you can, you can make an argument that um, were uh, Afterpay listed now, yeah. uh, they would be in trouble as well. I, I was going to say, it would be fascinating because they got gobbled up by Square, which was renamed yeah. Block. Yeah. It was only a fairly small part of the business. Well, it was a big acquisition, but yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, they, in hindsight, obviously, they overpaid. Yeah. Right? And they yeah. also had to restructure yeah. Afterpay and, and had to take some losses on that. Yeah, yeah. Gee, the founders got out at the right time, didn't they? Um, David Lane, any interest in Zip at all? Yeah, well, I totally agree with Rudy. It's been a, a sector that's been uh, absolutely hammered. It's a tough sector to be in. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be getting into it. Um, but if you do already have those shares, uh, possibly now you know, is a reasonable time to look at averaging down. Um, the company has recently raised $25 million, and that's partly to, to look at um, paying out some of their convertible bonds and convertible notes. Um, Look, it is probably one of the better businesses in that, that sector. Uh, I guess over the next 12 to 18 months, we'll see what happens with that sector as to whether or not there is actually some consolidation. As you say, the likes of Block could well look at, at mopping up some of the other competitors in there. Um, there no doubt will be some competitors that, that won't be around in, in 12 or 18 months' time. I think Zip is, is one that will. Um, it's in a, a better state than many of the others. But, uh, yeah, it's a really, really tough sector to be in now. Um, yeah, two years ago, as you said, it was the, the flavour of the month. Um, but now, uh, and, unless you're already there, I, I wouldn't really be entering that, uh, that stock or that sector. But if you are there, you'd be buying to average down. Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, you know, it's a... It's a you know, potential opportunity to, to look at averaging into that stock, reducing your, your average price. Um, yeah, over the next couple of weeks, I guess, we'll learn a little bit more about what happens with the, the staff and reducing costs. Um, but yeah, probably, yeah, look look to it as a potential opportunity to look at, uh, at averaging down. Mm, okay. Oh, no, I, I don't want to have maybe discussion for another time, but I'm always saying smart investors do not average down, yeah? Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, it doesn't but, become a better investment if you throw more money at it. Mm, yeah. But if, if it's restructuring, does it become uh, like a zero? Like zero got hammered, then said cut costs, become. Uh, make profits, cash flow positive, and it doubled. Yeah, but zero was always profitable if it wanted to. Right. So there's a, there's a fundamental difference here. Also, zero is 
pretty much a, a platform with sticky clients. Mm. You can not by any means say that of, of Zip. Right. Yep. And 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 again, the, I think the main difference was Zero only had to uh, rein in their focus a little bit, and they they are profitable magically because yep. they always were if yep. they wanted to. Yep. Zip likes to be profitable. Right. Okay. All right. Um, let's uh, look at the uh, the stocks that you want us to run our eye over. Scott wants a view on CSL, our, our giant global medical business, the premier medical business. But David Lane, Scott says CSL has come up a lot on Ausbiz. It's referred to as a quality stock. However, since it's at the same level as late 2019, and over the last three years, it has underperformed the ASX 200 by more than 25% or 30% when dividends are included, wouldn't it be time to call it a quality dog instead and sell it? Scott, 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 that is almost like heresy. But David Lane, does he have a point? Look, it's an excellent question. Yeah, it's um, oh, a beauty. I, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be selling it. No, I'd be holding it at current levels. I think that CSL is definitely a, a quality business. Um, management over a long period of time have proven that they have been a uh, you know good management. They've they've managed the business very very well. Um, CSL share price has actually come under pressure over the last uh, you know last month or two. Um, and as you said, a, a lot of analysts and, and brokers do like it. I uh, think that you know anywhere below three hundred dollars is a reasonable buy. The problem with CSL, from a fundamental point of view, is that they trade on a very high PE ratio, and they trade on a very low dividend yield. So historically, they've been spoken about as being a growth company um, and that has been the case over a long period of time the problem that they've found in the last 12 18 months has been that some of their acquisitions have taken longer to to um, give that growth that the market's been looking for so investors have been a little bit disappointed so I don't think it's a reason to be selling it um, but there are probably there are definitely better um, investment opportunities in the market at the moment. So that's why I'd be holding if you've got it. It's a good quality long-term portfolio stock. But I don't see any any reason to be jumping in and buying it at current levels either. Okay, give me one better opportunity. Uh, we like um, Sonic Healthcare, so we've actually just upgraded our, our recommendation on it. Um, think that it's. Uh, you know, a, a good business um, at that at that larger end. Okay. Um, and some of the smaller ones, um, you know, are also interesting as well. Okay. We'll come back to Sonic in the second half of the show. Uh, we, could Rudy. Have, we, could, we could definitely have a whole hour of discussion here. Yep. Uh, Is it a quality dog? Uh, okay. Um, we, we, can, we can definitely so take Scott, different angles Scott, here. Scott has a point though you look at that five-year chart yes but okay okay since 2019 okay let me let, let, okay, let me t t say two things if you use dog for for a stock that goes sideways for a few years what are you going to use for, for stocks that go down by 80 90 percent like what is newix or appen what is city uh, cheek what right. is uh, link administration are we running out of terms here right. the, the other thing is also is is that 
every every company at some stage gets a phase wherein it basically is, is is going sideways because that's basically what CSL is doing. It's not falling off a cliff here. Look at that chart. It's basically going sideways within, yeah. within the band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So is that such a bad thing? Because should if, you be if, happy if, with that? If 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 you go through history, even the likes of Apple or Microsoft, every company has a period where it goes sideways. Sideways is good. Sideways is not going down by fifty percent. Lots of other ones are going down by fifty percent. Yeah, it's not going up fifty percent. Well, that's true, but man, um, they can't go up all the time, right? Uh-huh. And and it's obviously well known that I mean I, I am a big CSL fan, and, I, and it's still the second largest holding in my portfolio. But here's What's the, the but, but here's technology one. No, it's aristocratic leisure. All oh, right, yeah. and Telstra's pretty high up there as well. Um, if you own a portfolio, and let's say you have between sixteen and twenty-three stocks in it, yep. what you normally find is that when the right-hand stocks are performing, the left-hand is a little bit behind, is lagging. Right? Is that such a bad thing? That's the whole characteristics <coughs> why you have a portfolio mm-hmm. and why you don't concentrate necessarily about whether every single of those stocks outperforms all the time. The healthcare sector in general, and we have a few few more stocks there. If you take a broader view, the healthcare sector in general has underperformed in Australia, not just the broader market, but the healthcare sector internationally. All right? So there is, I would argue, most of the factors that have impacted on CSL over, over that period are outside of the company's control. It's about COVID, it's about lockdowns, it's about bond deals. Right. Currencies. Hmm. None of them are within CNCL's uh, control. Right. But what I do, what I do know is, let's go back to uh, technology one. You just mentioned it. One, one of the better performers over the past year. Happy in my portfolio. But if you go back through history, only a few years ago, someone here on this panel said he had sold the shares because they didn't move. Yeah. Now, companies like that, you don't sell them when they don't move. Yeah? When they don't move, that means they go sideways for a while. Fine. All right? That's when you buy them. You don't hold them. You buy them then because you're confident. Okay. So a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, and if we bring up the five-year chart again, uh, CSL shares have got to 310, 313, yeah. something like that. And the discussion here on the call was, you know, it had gone sideways. So was it building a base for the next leap up? You know, gone it, sideways for three years. It, and it would have it would have built a base if it hadn't issued a profit warning. Yeah, oh, no. no. And, then, and, uh, and, and they I, never issued profit no, warnings. No, very, very, very seldom. And I personally thought they, they, they were on their way back up. That yeah. has, that I would say now that has now been delayed because I me, mean, market doesn't like companies issuing profit warnings. Yeah. But again, to put it in perspective, the forecast is still for double digit growth next year. Yep. Right? So it's not like, oh, we issue profit warning. Uh, sorry, guys, it's going to be 50% less next year. Yeah. No, no, it's still double, double digits digit. between 14 and 18%. So okay. Let's 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 throw in a Warren Buffett quote. Right? Okay. If you if you if you uh, co- if you focus too much on the share price, you're missing the point. Com- if companies keep on growing, the share price will ultimately take care of itself. Okay. Scott, excellent question. <laughs> question of the week, I reckon. So I, I love it when um, you not only uh, want us to take particular stocks, but then you give us your view on it, um, but a very, very good discussion. So thank you for that. Um, David uh, Jewin wants a view on the Vanguard Australian shares 
high yield ETF. Of course, everyone's after high yield. Interest rates are, are going uh, through the roof, so you can get reasonably high yields on term deposits and the like at the moment. Can you get it from the share market? And is this ETF the right way to go? Uh, you definitely can get it from the share market, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think this, this Vanguard ETF is a good one. Um, Vanguard are renowned for being low-cost managers. Uh, they This ETF has a, a relatively low um, MER or management expense ratio. So uh, you are actually able to get that diversified portfolio relatively cheaply. Um, and it does give you a, a, an easy way to get into the market with a, a reasonable dividend yield. So if it's an easy investment that you're looking for that gives you a, a reasonable yield, yes, I, I do like BHY. Um, I'd just be a little bit cautious of the fact that um, be wary of companies that are offering too high a dividend yield because sometimes there's a reason behind that. Sometimes it's because they've paid out uh, historically higher dividends and we're heading into a period where they may not be able to, to pay those out. Um, and a case in point would be the resources stock that we've seen. Right. BHP, Rio, Fortescue, et cetera, benefiting from the, the very high iron ore prices um, and have paid out very good dividend yields. Still great businesses and still will pay decent dividend yields, but it's likely that they will be lower in the next 12, 18 months. So, right. yeah, be, be wary of, of um, jumping for that dividend trap. But having said that, I think this is a reasonable way to do it if you want that broad exposure. Okay. And this one's a good ETF to do it through? Yes, it is. Yeah. Vanguard are um, good managers and low cost. Okay. Uh, Rudy? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, David already pointed out often when you try to get too high a yield in the share market, you're actually increasing your risk a lot. Right. There's a reason why some stocks are trading on apparently high yields. Not always, but yeah. a lot of times it is. So what you can do with this ETF is basically you're, you're taking a lower risk because if, I, I think it's probably safe to say, I mean, there's, there's more than 70 holdings in this ETF. Yeah. Even if half of them are gonna cut their dividends in August or later this year, it'll still, be compensated to a certain extent, but the other half is not cutting their dividend. I mean, one of the things I liked about this ETF is that when I went to the website this morning, it says dividend yield last year, 6%, forecast dividend yield the year ahead, five and a half. So there's already, Mm. see, this is always the problem for investors. Most of them look backwards and think they're buying something on six or 6.1%. No, no, you look forward. And and so so Vanguard is essentially already saying to investors, we have a whole chunk of companies that are going to cut their dividends, yep. probably including the likes of Woodside, BHP, which are large holdings here. So you're basically buying the ASX here, but excluding the ones that do not pay dividends. Pay dividend. But a lot of, I mean, you should be aware, a lot of those dividends will not come through, but you're sort of minimizing your risk, I'm guessing, right. because you're having 70 holdings, yep. more than 70 holdings. Yeah, yeah. But the even the Fortescue's of the world, uh, even with the pull back in iron ore prices, they're going to still pay a pretty reasonable dividend. It's just not going to be the super dividend. It's not going to be the same as, as previously. Yeah, previously, previously was the peak. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But there's a, they're still pretty high compared with the rest of the market. Yep, definitely. Okay. Uh, so you like the Vanguard ETF. Yep. Uh, at the end of your CSL 
just go, I forgot yeah. to ask, would you be buying at these oh, levels? Oh, definitely. Just you, you, you buy. You don't hold at this level, you buy. Buy. And right. by the way, can I put some, uh, put some data to it? Yep. BHP reached $50 in early 2008. Yep. Today is $45. Yep. Even if you take out South 32, that's a negative return over 15 years. Yep. Purely on the share price. Yep. Has yep. been to 13 in the meantime. Yep. NAP was well in the 40s. Right? Now, 15 years later, it's below 30. Yep. So, what does that mean? Are those companies dogs? Mm. Right? Woodside picked at seventy-three dollars. Well, they might be Today good, you have good companies, but you're not getting a return. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. So but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying you're worried for a few years sideways. Right. But Woodside is now minus fifty yeah. percent from the yep. peak in, in two thousand eight. Yep. Uh, David, you you said buy below three hundred, didn't you? Uh, we've got so. a hold on. I hold on. Um, it. No, right. I- Saying that, that others okay. often say buy below 300, but right. yeah, holding it at the moment. Okay. All right. Our next stock, Peter wants a view, Rudy, on Ordinate, uh, uh, one of our um, bigger uh, tech stocks, uh, platform stock in the uh, in the sound business. They have their their Dante protocol for uh, matching sound with with video. What do you think of Ordinate? Uh, to quote Dr. Zeus, they could go places. Right, and um, they've been on my radar for quite a while. I don't own them at the moment, but they they are definitely on my radar to uh, to add. Right, um, I think the market is is um, is. I mean, it's going sideways at the moment as well, um, after oh. after some volatility. But I think the market is now waiting. Um, what well, they're going sideways. A pretty good year. Let's well, the, there you go. The moment, see, at the moment, it's going sideways. Hey, oh, six eighty-six <laughs> to nine dollars sixteen in a year. Yeah, but it all depends when you when you when you when you pick your bottom, of course. Right. right? Okay. So, let's let's look rallies, at the five-year chart. But they've they've. Well, no, that, that would be that would be quite. Uh, I mean, oh, no, it's well, very volatile. There you but go. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could take the view in twenty twenty-one. You could buy it for the same price. Yep. Just yep. saying. No. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All depends where you put your framework. But I mean, long story short, they are a relatively small cap stock. Yeah. They have they are full of promise. Um, I think you could you can you can give them the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, yes, you always want to buy them cheaper, but I think you can still buy them here. Um, they should be on the verge of becoming profitable. Yep. Which will separate them from 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 the big pack, you know, from yep. the non-profitable. And they uh, do have profits. a moat. Don't they? Well, they, they have a very dominate. They, uh, they have globally. a technological advantage, yes, yep. and that acts as a mode, exactly. Yep. So they should, they're, all, they're probably on their way to become the industry standard. Yep. Very, very, very good prospects, of course. Yep. Um, now, next thing they will have to do is become profitable and then continue growing uh, the profits. Um, but, I mean, chances are they will be able to do so. It's still a relatively small company, yep. but I think it's, you, can, you can buy it here. Okay. Uh, David, ordinate? Yeah, I tend to agree with Rudy. It's not a stock that boards covers, so we don't have an official recommendation on it. But I think it is a, a very good business. Um, as you said, their their technology is um, you know fairly dominant in the space, and it is a growing space. Um, you know, audio um, visual is is becoming more and more important in every sort of business. Um, they you know do have a bit of a, a technology advantage there. So yeah, I like it. I think it's a good business. Um, I think you can probably yeah comfortably buy it, but as Rudy said, it, it is a higher risk sort of business um, given it is a, a tech stock. But uh, over the medium term, it's a good good quality portfolio mm. company. 
Okay. All right. Uh, ben wants a view, David, on Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. Let's turn our attention to financial, second tier uh, bank, if you like. Yeah, yeah, it's probably one of the, the better performing um, uh, of the, the regional banks. Um, yeah, Bank of Queensland's had its its major problems over the last uh, you know, six months or more with uh, the, the enforceable undertaking that they've got and management issues. Bendigo and Adelaide has been a solid performer. Their, their management is very uh, good. They've made a number of smaller acquisitions over uh, the last five years or so, and, and they've been able to manage them relatively well. Um, there has been some speculation in the in the market, in the, the press, that the likes of Bendigo and Adelaide may well get together with either Bank of Queensland or uh, it was even suggested during uh, Suncorp's um, sale of their bank to ANZ that you know it could be a, a natural suitor for, uh, for the Suncorp bank. Um, so I think there is further consolidation in that sector, but I uh, tend to think that Bendigo and Adelaide are probably one of the better managed of the regional banks. Um, the banking sector in general has been under a little bit of a cloud from an, an investor perspective, but I think that's probably been a little bit overdone um, because banks generally make more money when interest rates rise. Um, and they, they're they able to, uh, as we all know, increase their mortgages very quickly and tend to delay their increase on uh, on deposits. So their net interest margins have been improving. Um, and you know, this current environment is, is when banks tend to do reasonably well. So yeah, I think Bendigo and Adelaide is, is uh, you know, a, a reasonable buy at current levels. Okay. Rudy? No, I'm not a big fan of the banks. Um, I think there's None a, of the banks. If, if I were to buy a bank, I would always buy Conwell Bank. And, oh. And if you take... I thought you were going to say Macquarie then. Oh, well, yeah, that's, not a, that's, just, that's your typical mortgage bank. But yes, I, would, I mean, I'm an owner. I'm, 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 a, I'm a shareholder of Macquarie. So yes, right. Macquarie would stick above the rest. And right. second rank would be Commonwealth Bank. If you take a longer term view, the banks have progressed zero since 2007. So even though they, buy, they pay you out of dividends, um, if you include the dividends, you're still having a, in particular, if you correct it for inflation, you still have a negative return over 15 years. Right. You have a negative return since uh, April 2015. That's almost eight years. Mm. I mean, so it appears that they pay a lot of dividend, and you think like, oh, at least I'm 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 being rewarded for just for just uh, being on board of, of the register. But you're not actually. I mean, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. Um, the big question mark is if longer term the banks are facing now a second lost decennium or whether that whether that's it I'm, I'm I think we're still on the, the jury is still out here but they're no. not fantastic performers you know? the only bank in Australia that has consistently delivered shareholder wealth shareholder value is a Commonwealth Bank right? which is well above all the other banks yeah and constantly the most expensive one the lowest yep, yields higher premium and yes exactly and unfortunately or I mean, fortunately, most people always think it's the least preferred bank and it's the best performing. So for right. that reason, I would always own Commonwealth Bank, but I'm not a big fan of the banks in general. Um, so you wouldn't, well, wouldn't well, even be buying Commonwealth Bank at these levels? I, I mean, if I, if I hold them here, I would, I would keep them, right. but I would yeah, not yeah. be buying, buying here. Right. Because I think 
The problem with, with, with the cycle we're in, I think, that the bad news is yet to come. The bad news is sort of rolling down the hill right now. We're now getting the, the pressures from, from mortgages and from rate rises. There's, there's a lot more coming. I mean, mm. So it's a big call to say that these lows in the share prices, that the lows are already in. Right. Right? At the very least, I think, um, a lot of turbulence and, 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 and potentially share prices not going anywhere on a net p- basis for the next 12 months mm. because we don't know yet. And the irony here is that a year, a year ago, six months ago, we were talking about recessions in Europe, recessions in the US potentially, and Australia would, would, would escape basically. Now we're talking the US might escape and Australia will get its recession. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It has absolutely. completely flip-flopped. Yep. And, and I've recently seen some strategists expressing their surprise that corporate earnings in Australia turn out to be much, much more vulnerable than they are offshore. Right? Yeah. We get many more uh, profit warnings locally, mm. which means you should be careful. Okay. Right? And not just jump on stocks that have been sold down and, and offer a high yield, yep. because they can come up with bad hit. news. Yep, all right. Okay, our uh, fifth stock, uh, Rudy uh, Samuel wants a view on Piedmont Lithium, listed here, but um, in the US as well, owns the uh, Piedmont Lithium Project in North Carolina in the US. What do you think of Piedmont and lithium in general? Yeah, you have to you, you have to have a stomach for uh, for volatility, huh? Yeah. Um, that sector has gone through the euphoria last year, then v- quite a sizable correction when when because of changes in China. We've now seen a bounce in the in the, in, the, in the in the prices of uh, and also in share some of the share prices. Now Piedmont has has had little has fewer volatility in the share price because essentially. It's still an intention. It's an idea. I mean, they're, they're not profitable. There's there's no revenues. It's all coming yet. Yep. Um, so in the meantime, you're basically investing in, in market sentiment and in, in uh, FOMO and MOMO and whatever you want you want to you want to put on it. Um, I'm not really a big fan of that type of uh, of investments. If you wanted to have um, exposure to to lithium. Um, I think the big trend in that sector is, is exposing itself now. It's now getting towards companies need to become bigger and need to become more diversified and need to have more than just a single mine in their operations uh, to, to, to dish it out the ground. So I would probably be looking into maybe if, if I want to have exposed this sector to, to an Alchem, which is now becoming one of the largest in the world. Well, and. Alchem actually produces, does that? It, and it, well, exactly, uh, exactly, and it, it gets a lot of. They're getting uh, money for, for digging gets, stuff and, out and of with the, the merger now, it, it becomes like a really global player, yeah. and, and with right? yeah. a lot of lot of different operations in there and expertise. So I would instead of uh, instead of going for a, a a hopeful that is at the moment uh, simply riding the, the wave. Um, I mean, as an investment, I would I would require more. I would I would like to see profits. Right. And revenue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and <right>. future prospects. <laughs> and and there, we, have, we do have quite a few producers at the moment. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. that give yeah. you, an, if you have a stomach for lithium. Um, David, what do you think of Piedmont? Yeah, pretty much agree with everything that, that Rudy said, that uh, yeah, Piedmont um, you know, does have future prospects, but I, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit too speculative at the moment. Uh, and, yeah, do... Do prefer Orkham as well. That we uh, we like the fact that they are actually a producer. They are getting yep. bigger. Um, they are you know going to be the third largest uh, lithium producer in the world. Um, and 
the thing about lithium is it's not like a gold where you can just dig it out of the ground. You've got to actually get it out of the ground and then do a fair bit of chemical um, processing yep. to actually process it. So it is a fairly complex process. So I'd be pre prefer preferring to go with those that are actually currently producing and do have the technology. Um, yeah, Piedmont is a, is a punt. You can, if you do want to be in that sort of stock, you need to uh, only have a very, very small uh, part of yeah. your portfolio there. Um, so, yeah, I'd be preferring to go with the, the major and, oil company. Yeah, and speaking of the uh, the processing, usually it's done offshore, but um, that's Chris Ellison and Mineral Resources are planning to build their own onshore processing plant for lithium here in Australia as well, aren't they? And that's Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they're, um, yeah, they've been a... a you know, big player in that space and, and have been doing quite well. So, yeah, um, yeah that's another one that... Uh, and the other one that interested me too, apparently one of the um, uh, biggest sort of lithium holders is Wes Farmers. Yeah. Have a yeah. massive lithium project that... They bought a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, that everyone just thinks of Wes Farmers as Bunnings and Office Works and things like that, but yeah. they've got this giant lithium stake. That's right. Yeah, they do, and uh, and and Rio has a little bit of an interest in uh, in lithium as well. Um, mm. But yeah, I'd I'd be preferring to, to go with those larger players than yeah, than, yeah. Uh, the but, moment. But uh, earning cash from it. All right, let's yeah. uh, recap the uh, the first five stocks. Stock of the day: Zip No from by David and Rudy. Uh, CSL: A hold from David. A buy from Rudy. Um, the Vanguard shares, uh, Australian shares high yield. Um, both David and Rudy like it for what it does, um, investing in high yield stocks. Ordinator buy from both Bendigo Bank, uh, a buy from David, a no from Rudy, and Piedmont, a no from both as well. Here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee uh, meeting will be out today. This afternoon, the July meeting. You can watch it on ausbiz.com for the latest updates. Uh, let's check in with the portfolio. In the June meeting, um, they got out of uh, uh, South 32 was replaced by Algium. Uh, Woodside was removed. Its weighting split across CSL, Linus and Wes Farmers. Elders removed. Its weighting split between Avita Medical and RPM Global and the fund is up 6%. All right, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Develop Global, Sonic Healthcare, Fluids, Cochlear, and ResiMac. Um, Rudy, uh, Mary wants a view on Develop Global. Now, it's um, um, it's suspended at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not that It's a, a no. copper uh, yeah. zinc explorer in the Pilbara of Western Australia. By the way, I couldn't help but notice in the committee it has been buying extra CSL shares. Yes. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fellow yeah. global are really, really like listen, okay. <coughs> here's my here's my general view. I think globally economies are now facing the true impact of central bank tightening. Yep. So that means the next six months are gonna be a little bit on the tougher side of things. I mean. Recession or not, we will get slowdowns, pressure on, on, uh, on economic data, pressure on corporate earnings. Uh, probably not the ideal environment for a small cap uh, base metals uh, company, profitable right. or not. 
Yep. Um, now, of course, things get more complicated. They're issuing more shares uh, because they, they, they're taking over another company. Um, for me, no, that's not, I mean, you manage risk. For me, it's all, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in with the, with the perspective that I think share markets will go through over the next six months. Okay. David? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that there's uh, yeah a lot better businesses around. They're currently um, yeah making a, a couple of acquisitions and, and raising money. Uh, it's not one that we've been analysing, um, so it's yeah it's probably one that, that I'd be steering clear of. I think the the risks are a, a little bit too high at, at current level. Okay. All right. Uh, next talk is uh, David. You uh, mentioned briefly before Sonic Healthcare. The big uh, yeah. the imaging group. Yes, yeah. Uh, Sonic is uh, you know a global business, um, you know, based or managed in Australia, but they've got uh, interests all around the world. Uh, they, you know, had obviously a, a shutdown during COVID, but they've recovered um, since then and have started to uh, you know company. improve as far as their that oh. graphs the wrong graph. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Wrong gra- graph there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Sonic is, a, is a really... Um, yeah, we we like it. We've just uh, upgraded. We had a, uh, a Lighten recommendation on it, but with the, the share price coming off, we've, uh, we've uh, re-initiated it at an accumulate, so I think it's a reasonable value at current levels. Um, and we think that that diagnostic sector in general... Uh, is an interesting sector and think that there's the potential for some consolidation there. So we also have uh, a buy on Capital Health, uh, CAJ, and uh, Integral Diagnostics. We've got an accumulate on those as well. Oh. So I think that there's the potential in some of those smaller companies, the, the Capital Health, for example, um, whose share price came down last week. Um, we think that there is some potential in, in those stocks. and. Uh, you know, potentially you might see someone like a Sonic looking at uh, you know, some acquisitions in that space. Oh, okay. Uh, Rudy, what Sli- do you think of Sonic? Slightly different view. Um, if, you, if you ever get the right chart up, you'll see that this stock has also basically gone sideways though, for yep. a while. There's a very good reason for that. The, I mean, the, a, the healthcare sector in general in Australia has gone sideways for quite a while now. Um, but where CSL earlier was a, um, a victim of COVID and lockdowns, Sonic had been a major beneficiary and, and, and really needs to cycle through to get rid of those benefits from, from 2001, yep. 2001 basically, 2020, 2001. That might take another six months or another year because I mean, they, they really made super profits there while, while their core business was, was, uh, was closed. Yep. Um, Couple of things where I think I would I would definitely agree with with David. Uh, you never buy Helios. You always buy Sonic, and Sonic is uh, is probably the I mean, if you if you rank our our, our healthcare companies in the share market, it's probably number four. Right. Uh, it hasn't. It is it's a reasonable performer. Probably has outperformed my expectation in the past. But we we all need to realize its main driver is acquisitions, and it yeah. just announced one last week, a small one. But that's basically why you own the stock. Right. Mm-hmm. Gradually, it'll it's a roll up. It'll 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 add more assets in Germany and elsewhere yeah. to, to its network. That's basically the, the the reason why it keeps on creating value. The fact that um, healthcare stocks in that sector, in particular, is doing a tough post COVID, might actually help them in, in in getting some assets. But 
where I disagree is that Sonic is not necessarily a better proposition than, than, than CSL, right. because I think there's still margin questions and questions about their core operations outside of the benefits from, from, the, from the COVID testing, essentially. Yep. And, but then again, August might, uh, might give us uh, some answers there. In the meantime, if you own it, uh, you probably, again, you should know why you own it. You probably own it for the recovery that ultimately will kick in. Might take another year, but similar to the, to the rest of the top of the sector, it'll come good, I think. Okay. It's not, it's by no means a bad company. All right. It's probably the better one in the sector. So buy it or hold? hold it? I would, I would hold it here. I would, right. I would, I would not buy it uh, for the and risks I just outlined. Yeah, big statement. Go never buy Helios. Only ever buy Sonic. Yes, because um, how do I say this in a nice way? Um, <laughs> and, you're and, you're and, not and, usually and, good and, at and that. Apple that <laughs> an apple that is rotten at its core, it never become it becomes a great tree. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to. Yes, it does make sense. I'm not sure we know. A house, to go a house built on 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 dodgy fundamentals, right? Uh, should always be cheaper than right. one that is okay. than the castle. All right, I think we might move on from that then before we get ourselves <laughs> into trouble. Um, all right, our next stock uh, comes from Matt. And he wants uh, a view on fluence. Uh, Matt says. Uh, uh, loves the program. Thanks for watching, Matt. Um, but Matt says, wondering if I could get the thoughts on Fluence. They're expecting to be EBIT positive this year, $4 million, brackets, close brackets, yet share price at record low. Seems extraordinarily cheap to Matt, particularly given large tailwinds in the clean energy sector due to the Biden Inflation Reduction Act and push for clean energy uh, with their unique MABR and waste to energy technology. So Matt, obviously a fan of Fluence. Fluence is in yeah. the business of uh, cleaning up wastewater and things like that. But um, it is such a small company, right? It is really small. And also yeah. the daily volumes are, are very low. Um, I mean, I if, if Matt thinks that they actually are a direct beneficiary of the of the act in the US, then he knows more about, than I do. Um, I'm not so sure whether I don't, I have no information whether that's correct. But for me, the essence is if, if you're really into fluence and it's, it is really a, a, a micro cap company um, and it's very small as an industrial and so far not profitable, then probably you're not gonna, gonna get your information from this, from this show. I mean, you should do your own work and you should circle this company until there's no details left un, unturned. Um, I'm always of the view if it's if it's really a great company, you you can bide your time. You don't have right. to be there at the very beginning, and take on all the risks of of. The other thing is, uh, while we're all focused on the top of the market, for micro cap, for small cap, and even for mid cap companies, this market has truly been a bear market. I yes. mean, a lot of companies have. I mean, they're, they're down. Smashed. I mean, fifty percent down is nothing. Yep. So there's probably an argument to be said that some of those companies, I mean, Fluence might be one of them, they are actually great buys, but maybe not just immediately now. Money has to flow in. Always difficult to, to know exactly when that's happening. But I would wager that maybe for the next six months, uh, this might last longer. Okay. It's going to be a tough environment, I think. All right. David, what do you think of Fluence? Yeah, it's uh, it's a fairly big call to I guess your, your 
placing faith in them to be profitable because they haven't been. Um, looking through their announcements, it's it's interesting that their revenues were down 49%. So the, the first, uh, first half revenue was only $14 million. Yet they're predicting um, revenues of 95 to 100 million. So there's a massive jump that they're anticipating there. Um, they are, they do have exposure to China and Cambodia and Taiwan and, and countries like that. So, yeah, I think you're you're probably putting a, a fair bit of faith in in the company. Um, I don't necessarily know that. You know, I'd be putting the faith in them uh, to be honest. That. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough business. Um, you know, we've seen Cleanaway, which is the Australian version or the you know the dominant player in uh, in waste treatment as well as um, you know they do wastewater as well. Uh, it's even struggled in the Australian market. So I think to you know to suggest a small company like this is going to you know turn around in the current environment uh, when they are reliant on on China reopening. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a fairly big call. So it's probably one that I'd be, be steering clear of. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Kyle wants a view, Rudy, on Cochlear. Now, obviously, C- yeah. C- CSL is your number one healthcare stock. Yeah. You had Sonic at number four. Yeah. Uh, does Cochlear, the bionic ear manufacturer, great Australian product, uh, does it fit number in three. two and three? Number three. Number three? Number okay. Three. You haven't asked about number two? Number two you would think? be anything to do with breathing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where's Matt? Um, I, I, used to, I used to put uh, Ramsey Healthcare in that, in that collection as well, but I think Ramsey is that's a different story. That's, a, that's no longer a growth story. I think right. that's, a, that's too much debt and, and, and too much uh, changing in the industry. Right. I think, okay. again, another example of a stock that's now gone sideways for something like eight, nine years. But what go up? Well, Ramsey do, doesn't go yeah. up. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ramsey's going to go up anytime. <coughs> All right. Uh, but Cochlear, um, I, I, I prefer um, ResMed and, and CSL uh, for the simple reason that um, uh, Cochlear is, is also a global market leader. It's one yep. of the largest we have on the ASX and it always trades at a sizable premium to its fundamentals and to the rest of the sector. Mm. The only difference is that pretty much all the analysts in the market covering the healthcare sector, they always have an explanation. They always back up the premiums for uh, for CSL and for ResMed, at times also for Sonic. But they always have a difficulty in explaining and, and justifying the, the, the premium that is priced in for cochlear. Mm. And not that the market cares, because <laughs> the premium is always there, almost always there, I should yep. say. Um, I've owned it at times, and, um, and, 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 and there are times like when the bond deals reset and stuff like that, or when COVID hits, um, that I thought, like, I'm, I'm not going to keep it because you, you never know how, how, how low is low. But I think. Um, if you own it, um, you've, you've probably you've, you've made a little bit of profit in recent times. But in the, in, the, in a broader picture, it's a sideways trajectory. Yep. Also for this stock as well, right? Doesn't pay a big dividend. If you own it, I'm, I'm guessing that you that you you can you can stay there. If you want to jump on board because of that sizable valuation premium, I would think just wait. The share market will eventually at, at mm. some point will sell it off. 
right. and that's then a better proposition to, to jump on board. So would you switch out a cochlear to uh, ResMed or CSL? Yeah, because they all have gone sideways. You can definitely do that. Yes, right. and then there would be, and you, you're buying stocks on, I think, at face value, uh, better operational momentum, I think. Okay. Uh, David? Yeah, I tend to agree. We've we've got a lightened recommendation on Cochlear. Um, fairly As has expensive. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're expensive. They're trading on a PE of 57 times, uh, low dividend yield of, of about 1.3%. So, um, yeah, it's not extraordinary value. I uh, tend to think it, you know, is, is probably overvalued. And the problem that Cochlear is now having is it's having growth pains. Um, so they were trying to make an acquisition in the UK. That got knocked back by the UK regulators as far as um, your competition is concerned. So they're now doing a share buyback, which tends to indicate that uh, management are, are seeing it, you know, no other opportunities out there. Um, you know, buybacks are positive for shareholders if you're in it, but it also means that the, the management um, you know, aren't able to to invest that capital anywhere else, so uh, tend to think that yeah, it's a it's a growth stock that isn't necessarily growing particularly strongly. So I'd be yeah moving some money out of it, taking some profits, and and moving into uh, into some other investment. So do you, you'd switch into Sonic though, wouldn't you, rather than Cochlear yeah, or yeah, Risman? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I yep. think into uh, into uh, Sonic um, or, as I mentioned, Capital Health, one of the smaller ones. Um, yep. Totally different sector. Obviously, Cochlear is a, uh, a you know a medical um, you know, manufacturer rather than a, a um, diagnostic company, but uh, still in you know the broad medical sector. Um, and I do tend to disagree with Rudy. I, I do actually like uh, Ramsey and think that it probably has mm. more. More growth potential at current levels mm. than uh, than a cochlear that does uh, yep. as well. Okay, you're too allowed much, to, too much debt. You're allowed to disagree with Rudy, David. Which <laughs> too much, is good. Too much, we like people disagreeing too much with debt, Rudy. Dave. Look, look <laughs> at the years the they go, They're going to pay so much to service the debt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our final stock, David. Jason wants a view on ResiMac, the uh, back to f- a financial group. Um, they yeah. basically supply funding to a lot of mortgage brokers and the like, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, when we are looking at the, the fundamentals, it's very, very cheap. Um, very good end yield, low PE ratio. Um, you know, I guess similar to what I was saying with, with Bendigo in that uh, you know, fundamentally it looks cheap. Um, the risk, I suppose, we're heading into that period when yeah, that there are pressures on on individual um, wallets, and if we do head into a recession, the economic theory says that unemployment should rise. That's when mortgage um, businesses have problems. Is when uh, you know you you look at any of the analysis from the the management of the banks and the the mortgage providers, they're still looking at a reasonable environment at the moment while people have their jobs. Because while people are employed, they'll still keep paying their mortgage. It's if we head into a period when unemployment rises, when they will start to have problems. Um, so really an investment in ResiMac or, or any of those sort of businesses is you know, your, your faith on whether or not we're heading into recession or not. If you believe that we are, I wouldn't be buying them. If you think that the current environment um, holds and that we 
you know, will have a, a fairly full employment, well, resi mats cheap and, and you could look at buying them at current level. And you think the latter though? Uh, I, I'd probably be erring towards the former in that right. um, you know, okay. so our not, not strategist is concerned about the, the economy and the, you know, the fact that we are, in his view, um, already in recession and that you know, times are going to get tougher. Um, the problem that economists are finding at the moment is that the, the, the practice isn't actually you know, following what the theory says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are living off credit. You look at the insolvency figures out today and it just shows you how tough it out is yeah. out there. And uh, don't get too distracted, I reckon, away from that. I just discovered that the credit card debt in the US is at an all-time high. Oh, yeah. Uh, cred- uh, the US is a shocker. Um, both personal debt and government debt mm-hmm. and government budgets, I reckon they're going to do a $4 trillion budget deficit this year mm-hmm. on top of their $33 uh, trillion in government debt mm-hmm. and their credit card debt is at record highs. And, and th- this, uh, this is also because, get out of it? because we've had this major change in, 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 in rates, essentially, in bond yields. That's why I also think in the years ahead, investors should now focus on companies that do not have much debt. Yeah. Because the, the costs to service oh. outside piles of debt, it's just going to weigh on, on But on how the, can on the, the US not go into recession? It's you, not going into recession yes. because the yeah. government is spending on budget deficits. Yes. Like they're yes, going is. out of fashion. It is actually. I mean, eventually it is, yes. So I am probably a little bit more cautious than, than David is. I, I do think that the market is already... I mean, by the way, if you see, look at this, that chart and you, you're telling me that CSL is a dog, yeah, what, yeah. what's this then? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that the market is already anticipating that. And this is crucial mistake number one. Too many investors look at last year's profits and last year's uh, dividend payout and then think they have a bargain which is on a high yield. Yeah? Yeah. But the high yield is, is a cheap, cheap share price. Basically, the market's saying these guys are going to cut their dividends. Yeah. The only question is by how far and for how many times. Yeah. Currently, I believe the market is, is projecting uh, dividend cuts this year and next year, basically meaning there's a lot of bad news ahead. So. You can still get ahead of that because the share price is cheap and you're still getting a relatively high yield, although it's lower than the year before. Yeah. But it probably requires a different type of investor to to stomach that, and it's not me. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, so a no on Resi Mac there. Uh, let's recap our uh, final five stocks as uh, put to the guys. Uh, Develop Global, a no from both Sonic, a buy from David, a hold from Rudy. Um, Fluence, a no from both. Uh, Cochlear, a lighten from David and Ords. Um, it's, they, they believe it's overvalued at the moment. A hold from Rudy. Um, he sees that as our number three healthcare stock in order CSL, uh, ResMed, Cochlear, and then Sonic, um, and ResiMac, a no from both. Um, Scott, uh, from uh, our CSL question, you've really hit a nerve today. Notice how Rudy is referred to 
the definition of dogs about eight times since that first question today. So you've obviously scarred him, I think. Rudy, we'll let you go and recover. Thank you for joining us. Patience is a rare commodity in the market. <laughs> All right, mate. Talk to you soon. Thank you for today. And David Lane from Ord Minute in, uh, in Brisbane. Always good to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for the uh, for the call for today. If you'd like any stocks you, you want us to cover, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us using the at TV handle. More of the call same time tomorrow. More of Osbiz straight after this interest rate decision coming up very soon. Latest analysis right here.